0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, the harsh reality of BYU football. One in seven, seven straight losses, and a whole lot of what now?
1: ESPN's Trevor Manich on what's going on in Provo. Plus, Ronnie Jones-Perry, fresh off a 34-kill,
0: five-set comeback performance for the eighth-ranked
1: women's volleyball team. She'll be in studio.
0: And don't forget charity basketball with a former Mountain West Conference rival. Charity? Rival? How does that even work? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU
1: TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton
0: and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, back to work on a Monday. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying your October 23rd of the year, 2017 thus far. Wherever and however you're dialed in, it's great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with coaster lover, Jerem Jordan. I do love a good
1: coaster. Uh, So in our office, I'll have this, you know, a drink or whatever, and sometimes, you know, the the sugar water, sugar water, comes off the edge (laughs) and it gets on the table. So a good coaster is a valuable thing, right? See,
0: most people thought you were going to go with the amusement park type coaster, Oh, nice. But we set them up, didn't yeah. we? We set them up. And this coaster that, doesn't roll. That is because we have a brand new Lavelle Edwards coaster from North Carolina Yeah, in Studio B. I Shout out to I my love... guy, Daniel, who designed these and made these in North Carolina.
1: Made of, of uh, real bits of wood. Really cool. Yeah. Thank you for that. We appreciate it. So that now was, you can was, uh, keep Jerem's sugar water. That was my positive uh, moment of the weekend. <laughs>
0: I had two. Yeah, hey, you've been this? in, like,
1: nine states in eight days, by
0: the way. Welcome I know. Back. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I am so happy to be back and have some form of stability now. I haven't been in Studio B and neither of you since, since Tuesday. Tuesday. Or Tuesday, as some people call it. Which is it. weird, right? Okay, so two two moments that were uh, really cool on Saturday night. One, receiving uh, these coasters. And the second, taking a picture with the ECU pirate. <laughs>
1: Whose name is, uh, Petey?
0: Yeah, Petey the fire.
1: P-E-E-D-E-E.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness!
1: So that's why you brought us back from North Carolina. Yes, sweet. We will display. We're putting, this putting it on set? set.
0: Absolutely, we're putting it on the set. Oh great, that's great. I will find an appropriate if place. If one of
1: us goes somewhere, for the show, in the name of the show. You bring it back. You put it on the set. I thought that's about a, bringing back nice some
0: addition. of the uh, blue, horned blue devil ears from because uh, you were at. Duke, came in indoor. Count down to craziness, oh. right? But I couldn't get my hands on any of those uh literal blue horns that yeah, light Mormons up. Mormons
1: and horns. We need to, no. Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> not promulgating <laughs> that stupid Mormon myth. Oh man. But I think Steve Martin was a Mormon at some point. I'm False. just kidding. I'm just kidding.
0: False. I'm just kidding. Redact that statement right now, Jerem. Redacted. Bring on the headlines as well.
2: It's your BYU Sports Nation headline.
0: BYU football not ducking it and neither are we. The Cougars have lost a seventh straight game, most recently to ECU. What? On Saturday by a final of 33-17, the Cougars fall to 1 and 7. Tanner Mangum, quarterback y'all, spoke with us after the latest frustrating setback to expound what happened.
1: You know, it comes down to all of us executing, making big plays. Um, you know, we just didn't, didn't do that enough. You know, we got, got kind of got flowing at the end, but we got to be able to do that all game. So it's it's just, uh, you know, frustrating that we didn't do do enough. More on the ECU game coming up. Francis Bernard, who is redshirting this season, was arrested Saturday morning on suspicion of DUI. And defensive back Marvin Hefo was also in the vehicle and cited for having an open
0: container. Bernard is not currently enrolled at BYU. BYU Basketball announced Friday they will play at New Mexico this Friday in a charity basketball game. The Cougars and Lobos tip off at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Again, this does not count against the resume, but this is a good early test for BYU Basketball. Proceeds for the game will benefit victims of Hurricane Harvey in Houston.
1: Now, because it's an exhibition and because it's on the road, TBD on TV radio, it doesn't lend itself easily to that because the proceeds have to go to charity, and that's why you can play this extra game. So I'm not even sure we'll be able to watch this game per se, but it is a great tune-up. The Cougar Tip-Off's Wednesday, like you mentioned. We're on the call for that on uh, BYUtv.org and the TV app. Of course, BYU Radio will have it as well. So it's going to be a, a fun Wednesday night. After losing the first two sets, eighth-ranked BYU women's volleyball came back to win in five against LMU Ronnie Jones Perry. Copper Hill's finest! At a career-high 34 kills, we will be joined on the set later by the likely West Coast Conference Player of the Week.
0: Yeah, can we just uh, put that in writing with our king-size Sharpie that we have on desk now? If it doesn't happen, then something's wrong with the system.
1: Yeah. Nice <laughs> comeback win. We always done that twice yeah, in the league they did it against
0: Portland, too. So, so
1: I would ask, why are you going down two? Yeah, <laughs> yes,
0: yes, and that's what Heather Olmstead is asking: It's like, why yeah. is this happening? But yeah. there's something to be said about just finding a way. That
1: team is so good right now. Taking down are they the best team on campus? Men's cross country is number two.
0: They've reached 20 wins already on their season. Jerem. I would take uh,
1: four wins right now. And I think Heather
0: Olmstead has lost nine matches in now her third, up to this her third season. Nine matches over three seasons.
1: Wow. <laughs> I'm trying really hard not to compare to another sport right <laughs> now.
0: Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Harsh reality. Seven straight losses sounds unfathomable. Unfathomable? I can't even say it right. That's it's so inconceivable. Unfathomable. It seems unfathomable for any BYU football team because of the legacy, the history of success. Yet it is the reality. Losing by 16 points to a 1-6 ECU team that has the nation's worst defense, that also seems incomprehensible. Yet it is a reality for BYU football. What now? What now for BYU football? Where do you go? And how do you begin to address what is happening and start to fix the problem? Because they have not been able to do it yet.
1: Yeah, that's a real issue. Uh, It's one thing for me to lose, okay? A losing season is not a terrible thing. What? Look at Michigan State and Notre Dame right now. They had three and four wins respectively last year. They're six and one. BYU was
0: the one beating up on Michigan State in Lansing last year. That's
1: right. Utah, when it went to the Pac-12, growing pains, five and seven, five and seven. They're in a nine-plus win, ranked most of the time situation. Okay, it's not. It's it's okay to take a step back. It's not okay to take like three or four steps back. That's what it feels like is happening and has happened with BYU. 0 seven against FBS teams, pathetic offense, can't score against the nation's worst defense. That's really hard to uh, swallow for uh, the fan base, for the program, for the players, for the coaches. BYU needs to be better, and they're not. And that's. It's it's really bad right now. San Jose State comes into town. If you think is bad, San Jose State's a 14-point dog, according to Vegas. So, is hoping to get a win. I don't want to talk about it, but I will bring it up. Six and seven teams can go to bowl games should BYU win out, although Fresno State looks like a loss unless BYU really turns it around. So, there's some semblance. Fresno th-
0: State might win the Mountain yeah.
1: West. Yeah, they just beat up San Diego State. I'm not saying is going to win out, but just pocket that for later should BYU win this week. Um it's really bad right now. Like, you could argue this is one of the worst BYU football teams in the last 50 years. So, at this point, I say, blow it up. It's not for this year. You're playing towards next year. Because you you aren't going to accomplish much, if anything, this year that you
0: can write home about. Confidence is such a delicate thing. I mean, what's it like to go through a seven-game losing streak playing for BYU where expectations are infinitely high? Yeah.
1: The expectation is to win eight or nine games. BYU's an eight-and-a-half win program in Independence.
0: Yet they have to do it week after week. We're going to ask ESPN's Trevor Maddich what that dynamic is like and what he would say to the BYU football team right now and to the fan base.
1: I've got an issue, too, with BYU's passivity on offense. They're just playing not to turn it over. Which is not a good method. You can't win... Playing that passive now, BYU being over aggressive, turning the ball over. I'd rather be on that side than the. Okay, we're just gonna keep it crazy simple. We're not, but like throwing throwing a uh, tunnel screen on fourth and goal from the four or five yard line. That's the play out of a timeout. Like I I I don't regularly discuss specific plays in those calls. That's one I do have an issue with. Obviously, it's not going well with the offense. Things need to change. Has anything changed? Has anything changed? What's changed? And 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 Tanner Mangum's the guy, and they don't want to play Joe Critchlow. Clearly, he would have played in that game if they thought he had an ounce of something that could win the game for BYU. But apparently not. These I, when you're one and seven, nothing's really going well, and offensively, and it's not just the offense. The defense gave up what six or seven yards per play. Give up thirty three. I mean, ECU has a decent offense. Yes and uh you create a turnover that's the opening touchdown drive as well for BYU. So it's not like it's just the offense, but if the offense could just do just be decent, I think it would change things. And I'm hoping to see that Saturday.
0: Tanner Mangum Saturdays. mentioned to me in the post game on Saturday night very quickly, look, this is 100% a team thing. It's hard sure. to it's yeah, hard yeah, yeah. to pinpoint one thing. There are several things that Oh, when you're one in seven?
1: It's just about everything. That there isn't going are several
0: well. things not going well. I'm just trying to figure out what num- issue number one is. Like where where do you assert your attention? What's the biggest? I got one issue A, one right B, now? one C, one That's D, the one thing. E, one
1: F. There are a lot of things. Yeah. Where do you go? I can't point it in one direction, nor will
0: I. What are you all doing? To handle this. That is the premise of today's Twitter question. What are you doing to cope with the one in seven BYU football season? <laughs> Use the
1: hashtag BYUSN at Firth, Tyler. Is he from Firth, Idaho? Have you heard of that city? Firth? Yes, I, I have love heard it. of Firth. I love it. I'm using the freed up time and emotional availability to connect with my wife and kids, family. Isn't it about time? time. time? Yes. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Well, good to know that it
0: took BYU being one in seven to connect with your family. <laughs> <laughs> From what I saw on Saturday night after the game, there is nobody taking this harder than head coach Kalani Sitake. It was hard for me to watch him deal with this reality after because I know how much he cares about this situation. It's just like this team has forgotten how to win and how do you rediscover that when you don't believe. How do you reinstill the belief into a team that has lost seven straight games? That's they play San Jose State. What, that's what he's dealing with. And BYU is a fourteen point favorite <laughs> over San Jose State, despite being one and seven against the one and seven yeah. Spartans.
1: BYU uh, own eight ATS, by the way. Uh, Kalani Satake did have this to say after the game on BYU radio. I just really have to um, evaluate everything again and. and um... Like I said before, plan for the future and, and um, make some, some good decisions
0: that will help us. You said blow it That's up exactly and play right. for the future.
1: Play for the future. Play for the future. Play for next year's team and schedule. Tanner Mangum has to figure some stuff out if he's going to be the guy next
0: and year. And BYU needs to beat an FBS foe. I can't believe oh seven. Yikes. that BYU has not had a second-half lead That's amazing. You- against any FBS team All season, not against Utah State, not against ECU. They have not led, let alone win a game, obviously. BYU has never led in the second half against an FBS foe.
1: BYU was tied against ECU. At half. At half. And and Stocke mentioned, we haven't led or been tied at half much, so I wanted to at least be tied. So they kick a field goal there. Can Austin Confences throw a pass? At least once. Mix it up. Just so it's not crazy predictable. Mix it up. Throw it at least once. Just throw it. Throw it out of bounds. No, I will say say. this.
0: As hard as it has been on Kalani Satake and his staff and this team with everything that is spiraling right now, the dude will not stop believing. Listen to this.
3: We're so much better than this, and uh, that's the frustration, and that's... What it comes down to, I mean, that's that's something that we can
1: we can um, know in the in the background. But right now, I mean, trying to get the second win is something that's been really hard for us this year, and we, and we need to get it because I believe that if we get
0: things going,
2: it, it'll start rolling.
0: You should have seen yeah. ECU, how happy that team was, like giddy, how giddy that team was to win a game. They were in the exact same scenario as BYU, one and six.
1: They got their pirate booty in the form of thirty-three points. And BYU couldn't score against the nation's worst defense, which brings us to our stat of the day.
2: It's the BYU Sports Nation
1: stat of the day. already scored 17 points against CCU, who was giving up an average of 50. I didn't realize that 17-plus would have applied to this. <laughs> BYU will score 17-plus? Question mark. That's what it, we're calling for for Saturday? 17-plus Hey, the
0: Pirates, on average, are giving what? up 50 points what? a game. They scored 33, BYU scored 17, so they, were scoring they, 22 they, they, to, they totaled for 50 between the two teams. Super neato. Oh. Yeah, tough times, man. What are, you, what are you doing to cope with this? Reading Twitter. 1-7 in seven BYU football. <laughs> Let's go to the Twitter machine.
2: <laughs> it's Twitter time.
0: At B-Royal Blue Coug, staying supportive. The more I show my support and love for Kalani and the team, the more I feel it for real. I recommend it to all of hashtag BYUSN.
1: I want to feel less because then it won't hurt, Spencer. And it does hurt. And I'll look towards basketball season. More on that coming up. Hey, coming up, BYU volleyball. Oh, women's volleyball crushing it. Eighth ranked, down two sets to none. Come back, win in five. Ronnie Jones-Perry, 34 kills Saturday. She will join us. 34.
0: Whew. Maybe the karma can take her next level. It's Maddich Monday. We ask ESPN's Trevor Maddich what his expectations are for BYU the rest of the season. And what's his message to all fans? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Win or lose, we are back to work on a Monday. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. And you know what to do. Hashtag BYUSN whenever you want to engage with us on the social media machine. Tomorrow
1: night is a Super Tuesday. It continues to be super, and it starts at 6 Eastern time with BYU Sports Nation, 7 Eastern after further review. What happened in Greenville? And then at 8 Eastern time, Kalani Satake joins Greg Rebell on BYU football with Kalani Sitake and a player guest. It's Super Tuesday tomorrow from 6 to 9 Eastern time.
0: What are you all doing to cope with a 1-7 and seven BYU football season to this point. Hashtag BYUSN. Tell us what you do to try and move through all of this with the hashtag BYUSN. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is friend of the program, ESPN college football analyst and insider and college football national champion Trevor Maddich. Trevor, BYU 1-7, and seven, it's almost... Unfathomable to think that the Cougars would have gotten to this point in this season. Yet here we are. What emotions and words come to your mind for BYU at one and seven?
3: Frustration and deep sadness. The frustration because I expected this to be a lot better right now. Uh, the sadness because there are seniors out there that have given their all to BYU for four or five years and they're going out with this kind of feeling. So I hope they can turn it around so at least the emotion is better. But I feel worse for the seniors because I was a senior there at one point, and I know what it's like to play in your last season, and you don't want to leave with this kind of a taste.
1: BYU plays ECU, and uh, we go in knowing the BYU offense had really struggled. I mean, this is some epic stuff here. But on the other side, ECU was giving up 50 a game and 600 yards. Yet BYU put up 10 points and then a late 7 for a total of 17. What's the most disappointing thing right now about the BYU offensive performance?
3: Well, you you talk about the the resistible force against the movable object. East Carolina has not given up less than 34 points. I mean, Temple, they held Temple to 34 in a loss. BYU scored half of that in this game. So for all the talk about the 300 yards passing from Tanner, this was a miserable performance by the BYU office, and I think in a lot of ways it's a defining performance because everybody moves the ball against them and everybody scores against them. I think they're, they're, let me give you a couple of, of things that happened here, okay? There were two drives where they had 16 plays combined, 119 yards. 16 plays, 119 yards. That's pretty good, right? They ended up with three points out of those two, a field goal mm-hmm. and a missed field goal. Here's another pair of drives, 19 plays, 118 yards, zero points. So this is a BYU offense that at times can move the ball. At times in this game, they move the ball. What they can't do is finish. When the field gets compressed, you get down in the red zone or near the red zone. All of their inadequacies are magnified and they are a miserable failure at punching it in and scoring touchdowns.
0: How would you change that right now, Trevor, if you were a coach or a consultant or an analyst? Uh, what would you say to BYU football to try and help change that?
3: I don't know. Is Batman available to come off of injured reserve? Um, he's busy
1: there. in the Justice League coming out in November. Yeah,
3: <laughs> that's a good point. He's got he's to promote his movie. The, the You don't change that now. I mean, you think they'd have it. You've got a massive back. In Ula uh, Tolu uh, Tau. And I always say that wrong. Ula Tolu I want to make sure I say that correctly. No, that was he perfect. That was, that was great. Right. That
1: was great.
3: Yeah. I, he, and he deserves me to say it right. Ula Tolu A big back. The problem is there have been times, there was one driver, he was down there, they were on around the two yard line, and they had it in the ball on the third down, I think, and he uh, he lost a yard or two. And it wasn't his fault. I mean, he was hitting the backfield. But, you know, you'd think that with a big back, he'd be able to power it in when you get down close, but they haven't been able to do that. You'd think with some taller wide receivers and with a quarterback with, with, you know, parent accuracy, that you'd be able to throw that fade. You'd be able to, to get matchup problems down there. And Ty Detmer is an offensive coordinator from all his time in the NFL knows what matchup problems look like. He knows how to call plays to create them. And yet the players on the field haven't been able to finish. I mean, one of those drives we just talked about was 12 plays, 80 yards, and it stalled out on fourth down at the four-yard line, I believe. The uh, It was eight straight. They were all passes. Eight straight passes to get down to the five. First and goal at the five. Eight straight passes, right? So that's working. They found something that's working. The, the passing game was cranking out. It was early in the fourth quarter. And what happens but four passes later, they throw an incompletion on fourth down, and they don't punch it in. Well, you would think that if you're on the five-yard line and you have the receivers that BYU has on paper and a quarterback in Tanner Mangum that on the practice field could throw it through that swinging tire anytime he wants, you'd think that after four tries against an East Carolina defense that can't stop a stiff breeze, they'd be able to get the ball to somebody who can get his hands on it and complete the catch the score, and score a touchdown. But they couldn't do it. I mean, they, they were, they were uh, one of four. Well, check that. They were two of four. One was a sack. There was a completion and then two incompletions to round it out. So uh, this is where you, you say, how do they fix it? How do they get it better? Well, the big back isn't pounding it in down there, and the passing game isn't living up to its potential down there. So now what do you do? You call Batman.
1: Trevor Madden What's his BSPN number? That's the, <laughs> we need his number. That's the question. The hotline. It's to the not a number.
3: It's a, it's a signal that you you project with a spotlight onto a cloud.
0: Well, you have to wonder who BYU's superhero is on this team of sorts. Right now, Trevor, who is the best player on this BYU
3: football team? Fred Warner, and it's not close. Fred Warner and linebackers are the best linebackers that I've ever seen play at BYU. And when I watch him play week after week, no matter what the frustration, I see him playing like it's the national championship at stake on that play. Fred Warner isn't just talented. Fred Warner is committed. Fred Warner is, is the bell cow on how to do these things right. And he makes so many plays because, number one, he's so good. But, number two, he never quits. And I'll tell you this. If, if BYU had had 22 guys that were like Fred Warner, they'd be in the top 10 right now.
1: I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to have a season that isn't up to your expectations, maybe even a losing season, right? This happens a lot, okay? When Utah first got into the Pac-12, they had a couple of 5-7 and seven seasons. They've been kind of in the 9-win range and competitive since. Michigan State last year, what, 3 wins? Notre Dame, 4 wins last year? Both are 6-1 and one this season, the next season. Nice win by Notre Dame over USC, by the way, over the weekend. But 1-7 is another level, and my fear is that BYU doesn't bounce back from this quickly. Do you foresee BYU rebounding this or next year off of this, on the field, recruiting, and otherwise?
3: Yes, I do, because you're right about that. I mean, Notre Dame uh, was, is really a great bounce-back story, and BYU can do that as well. I mean, they've got some seniors in important places. Warner is important. I mean, guard, center, guard, starters are seniors. So these they're they're gonna have to replace some guys, but most of the guys are coming back. And they will have probably the best off season of their lives because they don't want this to happen again. And they'll also have a second year under Ty Detmer's pro style offense to try to figure out how to do it. It'll be the third year of Detmer being the offensive coordinator. But remember that last year it was Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams and it was more of a of a college style running offense to take advantage of the running quarterback. So they'll have more time to kind of learn what to do. So, so that's a good thing. Also remember this as ugly as this feels and it, it feels ugly because it is ugly. This is a, a bunch of players that are still playing. They're still playing for each other. They, they still love each other. They still love their coach. And you can tell they're still working hard. Although you can also see the frustration in them when they're on the field, but this is a group that hasn't quit. This is a group that's still trying. And I think it's easy to support the team when everything's going well. The hard thing is to support them when it's not going well, even though they're doing the best they can. And maybe they're just not good enough. I, I, don't, I, I don't mind somebody if they're not good enough. What I mind is if they don't work hard. And these guys work hard. And it's easy for players. I mean, my senior year, of course, you know, we didn't lose a game. And it was easy really easy. It's so easy to be on a winning streak, but to be on a losing streak is the hardest thing imaginable. And so I I think it's important to remember that these guys are representing their team, their school, and their church in a way that I think is the best they can under the worst of circumstances. And it's not easy. And I I evaluate them and I judge them, not because they're one in seven, Right now, I evaluate them and judge them because at 1-7, and they still have to suit up and go out there. How do they do then? And the truth of it is, I think they're, they're doing a lot of good things that you can be proud of from a standpoint of how they are handling this miserable season so far.
0: ESPN's Trevor Maddich on BYU Sports Nation. What are your expectations for BYU football for the rest of the season, starting with San Jose State in Provo on Saturday afternoon? With the Cougars as a 14-point favorite.
3: Yep. Well, imagine that. They have, I think it's a 78% chance to beat San Jose State, according to EFPN's Football Power Index. So so that's a good thing. Uh, they might get a feeling they haven't had since the opener against Portland State. This last game against East Carolina, it was a clash of one in six teams. Now it's a clash of one in seven teams. So... You know, hopefully, you know, we said last week, you know, can BYU win out? And what the answer was, was, well, let's see if they can score a touchdown first and then drive the field and score another touchdown, then do it again. Then we'll worry about winning out. Well, they we weren't able to get that part of it done. So so what do I see against San Jose State? Well, BYU should win the game. But I don't want to see them just win the game because San Jose State is a pretty miserable team right now. It's like BYU. Is. San Jose State looks at BYU as the game they will get well. And then one is 7 I mean, how, how awful is that? But what BYU needs to do is not just win this game. BYU needs to look better. They need to look more efficient. They need to finish drives. The passing game needs to have a rhythm. They need to string together first downs, not just into the red zone, but through the red zone into the end zone. And I expect them to move the ball, but for fans watching the San Jose State game, looking for signs that the BYU offense is better. The red zone is where to look. Because in the big field against the 1-7 team, you ought to be able to move the ball. But when you get down into the red zone, that's where it gets tough. So watch how they do when they get into that area.
0: Trevor, who are your top four teams in college football as we wrap up this interview?
3: Well, you start with Alabama. I mean, Alabama is absolutely dominant right now. Penn State, number two. I didn't think Penn State could do to Michigan's defense what they did. I thought that would be a low-scoring game. But Penn State went out there and just just made Michigan's defense look ordinary. And Michigan has a national championship caliber defense. I've got Georgia at number three. Um, And then at number four, this is where it's really, really tough. Because you can make the case for Wisconsin or Ohio State or TCU. I would say at number four today, I would put Ohio State. Wow. Because, yeah, as a power index thing. In other words, I think if TCU, uh, Wisconsin and Ohio state played around Robin right now, I think Ohio state would come out on top and their passing offense is looking better. It's still not efficient going down the field, but they've improved their efficiency in the short and medium passes. And so I think that should be enough to open up enough things with the running game that, that the rest of their talent will come into, into play. So I would put, I would put from a power index standpoint, Ohio state, a resume standpoint, TCU, because of their big win at ranked Oklahoma State earlier in the season.
0: Trevor, great stuff. Uh, Call the bat phone, flash the bat signal. Let's get the Batman in the house somehow for BYU football.
3: Yeah, let's do it. And again, just remember this. It is easy. And I'm saying this to Twitter, all right? It's easy to dump on them when they're down, and they're down badly right now. Part of it's their own doing because they're not performing very well. Part of it is the nature of the schedule, which has beaten them down worse to magnify their problems. Certainly this last game against East Carolina doesn't qualify for that last one, but it's easy to beat them when they're down. It's reasonable to break down and evaluate what the problems are. But before you dump on them as people, understand that if you have not been in a position where they are, where very publicly things are going wrong, but you got to suit up and come out again and try to fix it in front of everybody under the white hot spotlight. If you haven't been in that position yourself, I would suggest to be slow to judge them as people and to, and to call them names and to, to toss them aside because they are doing the best they can and actually a lot of great things in representing in what is the most difficult way to represent and time to represent for any football program ever. So, so talk about the football, that's fine, but the people you still need to be proud of because they are carrying themselves in the way that you should be proud of them.
0: Trevor, we appreciate the time as always, man. Thanks for bringing it. All right. Thank you. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. What a finish to that interview, and I wholeheartedly agree with the sentiment that no matter how bad things get as a player, from strictly a fan and human being perspective, I don't, I don't care how awful things are on the field. It does not give anybody the right to make personal attacks on people. I mean, it, this very much is a first-world problem. My team is bad at football. Listen to that statement. It's a first-world problem. Don't, not, don't uh, make it more than that. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried
1: about the on-the-field product. Yes, I'm, I'm worried exactly, about and that's okay. Is, I'm worried about how this affects recruiting.
0: That's a, Exactly, yeah. that's okay. It's okay to it's worry and okay be frustrated about, about that. that stuff, but yeah. don't take it to a personal attack level. Really? Like, why? Yeah, that's what uh, cougar board's for, Spencer.
1: <laughs> yeah, I said it. <laughs> Coming up, Ronnie Jones-Perry will join us. She, she was just named WCC Player of the Week. BYU
0: Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Ticano's Brazilian Grill, Escape the Ordinary. Welcome back. I'm fired up, man. Why? Because Just of kidding. everything that's Just going kidding, on. Just Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. We're now on you're demand anytime, anywhere. I'm ready to take on the motivational speaker role. That very which, much...
1: Which, which like... Like Lou uh, Holtz, that or very much lives Matt within Foley. me.
0: That's how I think. It's how I feel. Like I wish that I could get in front of the BYU football team and just do my thing right now because I'm in that mode. I have I have absolutely reached that mode.
1: Well, in theory, they've had that speaker every week.
0: I know. but they haven't had it from me. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
1: well, they do if they watch the show every day, and you can watch Kalani Take and players uh, at the press conference coming up at 1.10 Eastern time. It's in about 33 minutes on the Facebook, BYU TV, or excuse me, BYU football Facebook page.
0: Yeah, the longer this goes, man.
1: It better end Saturday. Whew. If it doesn't end Saturday, then BYU is going to be 1-8. If it doesn't end Saturday, if BYU lose Saturday, we're throwing this pumpkin off the roof. The meltdown is That's real. what's going to happen. We have to get permission first. But we want to throw the pumpkin off the roof.
0: If you missed it on Saturday night, well, welcome to the party, folks. BYU football lost <laughs> the seventh straight know. game to ECU on Saturday. Someone's like, what? Final score, 33-17. The Cougars now 1-7. and They have yet to beat an FBS team. What? They have yet to lead an FBS team in the second half.
1: That's, that's just not cool. Francis Bernard, who is redshirting this year, was arrested Saturday morning on suspicion of DUI. Defensive back Marvin Hefo was also in the vehicle
0: and cited for having an open container. Bernard is not currently enrolled at BYU. BYU Basketball announced on Friday they will play in a charity basketball game at New Mexico with all of the proceeds going to benefit those affected by Hurricane Harvey. How cool is that? Remember
1: that Dave Rose is from Houston, so... That it's a personal note. Uh, and that's a really good exhibition game. New Mexico kind of struggling. Fired uh, their coach. They have a new coach. So.
0: 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Who knows if we'll, we'll if be able seen to seen see or yeah, hear yeah. that game, but that's what's happening.
1: They will play it. But if they're not seen or heard, is it actually a game? Did they actually play? After losing the first two sets, eighth-ranked BYU women's volleyball came back to win in five against LMU over the weekend. Ronnie Jones-Perry, Copper Hills finest. A career-high 34 kills. Was just named West Coast Conference Player of the Week. Not a huge surprise. Congratulations to... Jones, Perry, who will join us coming up in the next segment.
0: While it feels like there are rain clouds of despair all over BYU Sports Nation. you're
1: walking under.
0: Wow. There are rays of sunshine breaking through, Jerem, in the form of BYU women's volleyball. And the fact that we are that much closer to BYU basketball. Men's and women's cross country killing it. BYU men's golf stepping up. Like There are still good things happening on campus in Provo.
1: It's true. Those are all nice. They don't really make up for 1 and 7. But how do we cope is our Twitter question. We count down to the Delta Devils. Yep.
0: Countdown to the Delta Devils.
1: 19
0: days. 19 19 days days away. I missed Ben's voice there, I'll be honest. Well, technically, technically, shouldn't it be Countdown to the Lobos? What? Countdown to the
1: Lobos.
2: Four days away.
1: Shouldn't it be (laughs) Countdown to Cougar (laughs) Tip-Off?
2: Countdown to Cougar Tip-Off. What? Two Two days days away. away. That's what I'm talking about. Two days away. Not Friday. Not Thursday.
1: Wednesday on BYUtv.org and the BYUtv app. Don't you feel better? We're on the
0: call. Don't you feel better right now?
1: I actually do. Yes.
0: Momentary Advil. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> It'll wear off in about will, 3 it, minutes. Yeah. But it's nice to be on a temporary high. Yes, yes <laughs> it is. Hey, coming
1: up. KVN does it again.
0: Yes, he does. Well-placed tweet by Greg Rebel last night. Yeah. yeah. That. Also, yeah. BYU women's volleyball, they do it, they do it again. Come back from now two sets and then, Ronnie Perry joins us next after a 34 kill performance. The HHS BYU Sports Nation is presented by The BYU Store. The official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from the studio, Bizzle. Your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV, 6 p.m. Eastern time. The coordinator's corner
1: is hot. It's a hot corner. 2 Eastern time, BYU Radio and the app. As Greg Bell interviews uh, assistant coaches. Today it's Elisa Tuiaki, the defensive coordinator, and the offensive
0: coordinator, Ty Demmer. Today, 2 Eastern
1: time on BYU Radio
0: and the app. What are you doing to cope? And, yes, that is a very I'm here with calculated you. choice of word. To cope with the 1-7 in seven BYU football season. At Dan underscore Smith for Dan BYU. Dan Smith would know. Watching BYU football is like a bad car accident. You shouldn't stop to look at it, but it's so bad that you can't not look at it.
1: I have to watch every play. One, for my job, and two, because I want to
0: you're waiting for that moment that it all gets put together. That's the hope, right? I yeah. still wake up every week after a football game, after a bad football game, and think, maybe, maybe this is the week. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I do, too.
1: And this has got to be the week with San Francisco. Please. They're so bad. 14-point favorite, bad BYU. Don't get me wrong.
0: They're both bad. Uh, You know who is absolutely living up to expectations? Crushing it. Nay, exceeding them. You know
1: I know. You know I know. Same high school.
0: Ronnie Perry. Ah! Newly crowned West Coast Conference Women's Volleyball Player of the Week for the 8th-ranked BYU women's volleyball team. She says her arm's good after 34 golden swings. Golden
1: swings, man. What's up, Ronnie?
2: Hi. How you feeling? Feeling good. It's Monday. Just getting through the day. Getting through the day.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, getting through the day as a top 10 volleyball team and as the West Coast Conference Player of the Week has to, feel at least,
2: has to make Monday a little bit better, right? Yeah, it makes it pretty good. Stuff to look forward to always.
0: Okay, <laughs> let's talk
1: about your performance against LMU. First the team, then we'll get into you. You're down two sets to none. How does that happen? And then uh, what's the mindset of the team in the third set when you're like, all right, let's do this. Let's do this. Turn it around.
2: So, those first two sets, I think LMU played really well. I think that they played well the whole match. And so, it was one of those things, like, we knew we had to step up. So then, in between the second and third set, we just kind of sat down and talked about it. We knew that we needed to step up our blocking, and we could pass a little bit better, and it was going to help us a lot. And so, we just kind of realized that, kept it real, and said, we're going to do this.
0: So, so, the LMU match was different from Portland, because the sentiment I got from Mary Lake in the Portland match, when you went down two sets to then was BYU just wasn't playing well. But... You feel like LMU, just they earned those first two sets.
2: Yeah, they played really well. I don't think that we played our best, but they did really, really well. So you're
1: down two sets to none, and then 34 kills. I mean, you had some kills in the first two, <laughs> but 34 kills. Is that is that the most you've ever had in any match in your life?
2: Um, Probably. For sure at BYU. Yeah. Probably.
1: But uh, in high school at uh, the Copper Hills or <laughs> on a club team or something, have you had more than 34?
2: I have no idea. Probably not.
1: Probably not. What? At what point did you realize, I'm in the zone, like this is a special night for me?
2: Um, I don't know if I really ever did. It was kind of one of those, like I just really, really wanted to win the game and mm-hmm. I wanted our team to feel like we could. And so we kind of started rolling and then that's when it felt good, you know. When we started playing our game, that's when it felt good and then everything else just kind of was whatever.
1: When you're in the zone and everything's whatever, um, <laughs> are you saying to your setter, hey, f- like feed me, I'm, I'm feeling it, let's go? Is there any commentary like that, or did you just kind of keep quiet?
2: No, it's like I know that, like Lindy's a great setter, so she's gonna set the right set, and Johnny's always helping her decide what that right set is based on what their their defense is doing. So it's just kind of one of those. I'm gonna be ready to hit the ball if she sends it out to me, but if not, I'm there for my teammates, and I know they can put the ball away.
0: Nobody That's wants to teammate. go down. I know. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> wants to go down two sets to none. Specifically, Heather Olmstead. Uh, okay. I know that she loathes that situation. <laughs> However. In a weird way, when that happens, does that kind of like motivate you? Like, okay, now we're gonna play. Like, how? What's your mentality at that point?
2: Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's like a "now we're gonna play," but it's kind of just one of those. I don't know. In the past, I feel like you get down oh you kind of have that sense of like scared. But I feel I haven't felt that with this team this year. I feel like no matter what situation we get put into or we get ourselves into. We kind of keep calm and we know that we know we can figure it out. And so no matter what happens, we're going to play our best and we're going to figure out what we need to do.
0: Well, that's been the mantra under Heather Olmsted. I mean, it it happened a few times last season, too. Mm One on the road against a nationally ranked Ohio State team. And
1: and how do you do that? Because there's a lot at stake for this team. I imagine the pressure is high of being a top ten ranked team, trying to win the league again, trying to get home court in the postseason. How do you guys stay calm in that moment?
2: Um, we have a really big focus on our team that everything's just one game at a time. So we knew that we wanted to be LMU, and so that's the only thing in that moment that mattered. So we just kind of look at that game, figure out, like I said, figure out what we need to do better, figure out what we can keep doing well, and just go from there.
1: The number 12, Ronnie Jones-Perry, BYU looking for all the number 12s to be really good uh, on campus. <laughs> at Pepperdine the day before. You guys sweep Pepperdine. You hit zero seven nine, which is not your, you know, not your greatest game. But then the next game, you come back, you hit four forty one. How'd you rebound from that game so quickly in a match where you had to have it?
2: Um, I think I just like I sat down after that game and um, just I kind of had to just focus on the good, you know, like we won the game. That's what we were there to do. And so I think that me kind of dwelling on my own mistakes and me not having a good game would be selfish, and it's not going to help the team. And so I just had to move on and be the best that I could be the next day.
0: At what point leading up to this season did you feel like, hey, I think we're going to be really good? Because, man, it seems like every year BYU is losing first-team All-Americans.
1: Three years in a row.
0: And yet each year it has been right back up to that level. So when did you think, yeah, this year is going to be special too?
2: Um, Honestly, like – During double days and stuff like that, there's just, like, a special feeling with our team, and we kind of take those challenges, and we, like, we want them. When are double days? Uh, Beginning of August. Okay. Yeah. So it was, like, a couple weeks before we start playing. We're just in the gym with each other all the time, so you get get to spend a lot of time with your teammates, and you could just feel it. You could feel the energy. You could feel the want, and you could feel the fearlessness coming from each and every one of the girls. Mm-hmm
1: san diego is uh is a rival in the league for you guys uh Friday night in provo that's a big match pacific uh the next week but what can you tell us about the uh upcoming match on friday that's a big one for you guys
2: yeah I'm really excited I love playing san diego um it's gonna be good they're gonna like they're gonna be a tough match for us and i like I just love playing good volleyball so <laughs> I think that when teams come and they play their best game against us and we have to fight it's that makes us better so playing a team like san diego's one of my favorite things to do.
0: With about, I don't know, roughly a month left in the season, uh, how have your goals been adjusted through uh, this season? Or I mean, where, where are you on your road to accomplishing your goals?
2: Um, I'm kind of a weird person and like having set goals that are like numbers or like um, recognition and stuff like that doesn't really motivate me. I'm more motivated to by just, like, getting better and, like, seeing it in film and, like, seeing it from myself. Um, so I think that I'm getting better, but I think that there's still a lot of things that I want to get better at personally and as a team. So that's super motivating for me, and I know that we can keep doing it.
1: Your hair is about as dynamic as your game. Like, how long does that take to do before a game?
2: It's Actually, I'm getting really sick of doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I feel like I have to because it keeps it out of my face yeah. and I don't want to mess with it. Yes. It's like 10 minutes, 20 minutes. Like it? Really it. Doesn't take, yeah, it doesn't take that long. Can while. we Yourself? get Ronnie Perry a
0: hair specialist? Yeah. <laughs> wow. When you're the West like, Coast <laughs> Conference Player of the Week, can we get someone to come in and do that Yeah, for like
1: you? she's going uh, hat
2: today. That. She's giving a low-key
1: on a Monday. But, like, in-game, it is intense, man. It is intense.
0: <laughs> All right, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for the let's, approaching let's matches. Let's see if you can get to 40
1: kills.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, well, we won't say Friday. We'll say next we can get specific. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. And for your ping pong game in your new team room, right?
2: Yeah, I need some of that.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> and pumpkin carving. Good, good tweet out there last night by, I think, who was it? Bushman or Emily yes. Lewis? Yes. You, Emily you were Lewis. There. Emily Lewis. Yeah, you were there. Some intense athletic
0: You're, pumpkin yeah, carving. Yeah, yeah, good people in that room. Ronnie, thanks for the time. Congratulations on everything. Thanks, Ronnie. Hey,
1: thank you, guys. Copper Hill's finest.
0: Keep, Keep it rolling. That's
1: what's up. That's what's up.
0: Okay, what are you doing to cope with 1-7 BYU football season? Uh, we talked to Ronnie Perry. We, we talked to Ronnie Perry. Volleyball. We talked to
1: people who win players and of feel the pretty week. good. Awards. Feel yeah.
0: pretty good about pretty it. Cool. Coming up, Eric Mika back in the Italia.
1: He, he crushed it over the weekend. We'll tell you how to tell.
0: And what made Kyle Van Noy stick out on Sunday Night Football for the Patriots?
1: On a fourth day. KBN
0: does it again. That's right, Greg. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Muchas gracias to today's guests, Trevor Maddich and Ronnie Perry. If you miss any of the show, download the podcast on iTunes or El Google Play. Coming up tomorrow, Dave
1: Rose and Blaine Fowler. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU football lost a seventh straight game to ECU on Saturday. Well, not seventh straight to ECU, but a seventh straight game. By a final score of 33-17, the Cougars fall to
0: 1-7. Francis Bernard, who is redshirting this season, was arrested Saturday morning on suspicion of DUI. Defensive back Marvin Hefo also in that vehicle and cited for having an open container. Bernard not currently enrolled in classes at BYU. Cougars
1: in the NFL. Jamal Williams had a tackle. What? On special teams for the Packers. Bronson Kafusi two tackles for the Ravens. Michael Davis, three tackles for the Chargers. Mm. Kyle Vannoy led the Patriots with seven tackles, two for loss, including one on a fourth down and goal. Men's basketball.
0: BYU Hoops announced Friday they will play at New Mexico this Friday in a charity basketball game. The Cougars and Lobos tip off at 9.30 Eastern in the pit. Proceeds for the game will benefit victims of Hurricane Harvey in Houston. Very cool. Volleyball. After losing the first
1: two sets, they to BYU women's volleyball. Came back to win in five. Ronnie Jones-Perry, 34 kills. She is the West Coast Conference. Player of the Week.
0: Soccer. Can't argue with that. Nope. Women's soccer finished with a scoreless draw against LMU on Saturday night in the final home match of the season. The Cougars will finish the regular season with a four-game road swing.
1: Cougars overseas. In Italia, Eric Mika had 20 points, nine boards, and a Passaro loss. Kalani Purcell, 9.6 boards, three assists, and a Melbourne
0: 79-77 win over Perth on Saturday in Australia. Tennis. BYU Sean Hill. Won the singles match at the Mountain Regional Tournament, which earned him a spot in the ITA Fall National Championship. Nice job, Sean. Softball. Killing him
1: softly. BYU had a productive weekend in St. George with a 7-3 win over Snow College and a 15-7 win over Dixie in Exhibition Play. Did Ben Bagley go to those?
0: We'll have to ask him about that. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. You
1: know what it is. Every Tuesday night, she'll give you the biz. Ronnie Jones Perry, man. 34 kills against LMU, West Coast Conference Player of the Week, and Copper Hill's finest.
0: We'll find out if BYU Volleyball jumps up in the rankings as well this week. I mean, they've been hanging around yeah. 7 8 for the last few weeks.
1: 16 or 17 in RPI. So they're likely to host should they kind of keep this going. Uh, the, I would love UK to tournament. see them host
0: through the Elite Eight. Oh. Uh, is
1: their RPI high enough? Whew. Do they need I to be know. like top eight? I don't think I don't they're going to get that. High, I don't know. Right?
0: Yeah, well, a win against San Diego would help. Another that great would team. help. It would help. What are you doing to cope with the 1-7 BYU football season besides discussing 8th-ranking BYU women's you. volleyball? Our Elite Tweet of the Day from at Big Rig <laughs> underscore Don Vito. The fetal position has been nice. Where's my binky? Wow. <laughs> okay, then.
1: The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use hashtag BYUSN. The show is on demand on BYUSN.com.
0: Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Let's go ahead and shout out to Michelle Lewis. Let's keep it within BYU women's ball. Yeah, yeah, huh? I
1: like it. I like it.
0: We're back to work at noon Eastern tomorrow. Yeah, buddy, sportsing all the great.